Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for March 15th, 2020. And we are coming to you, not live, from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, this is our this is our third Sunday in Lent. Uh, Bruce, I've decided to give up the coronavirus for Lent. Oh, excellent choice. Yes. Good luck with that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, I, I bring up that half joke. I realize some people don't find anything about the coronavirus yeah. funny. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I bring it up honestly for a reason, uh, uh-huh. for, for a chance for us to kind of address a little bit of the things that we are doing uh, here oh, at sure. the church uh, in response to uh, this, this uh, in a way, uh, disturbing, disturbingly, disturbing how sudden the trend in cleanliness is. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> it is something that, you know, uh, uh, washing your hands is, you know, I would have liked more people to have had an interest in this the whole time. Right. As opposed to just now. Uh, so, but, uh, but we've instituted a couple of, uh, changes here at, at yeah. the church. So I kind of wanted to give us the opportunity to kind of go through, uh, those so that people listening can kind of know what, what our, what yeah. our headspace is around that so that, uh, um, it's not so much of a panicked reaction, but more right. of a, more, more of a. And make logical a, uh, approach to hopefully it. rational right yeah well one thing that listeners to the podcast probably would be technically capable of doing is they can watch the entire service on our youtube channel that it, yeah uh, so uh, ben is very diligent about getting that thing on there usually the same exact day and we have for a long time had the sermon and uh choir anthem as distinct videos on there so you can also just hit the greatest hits mm-hmm. of the service <clears throat> so if you are ill you can access episcopal worship in that way in terms of coming to uh, sunday worship we have hand sanitizer all over the place no mm-hmm. shortage here we uh, are encouraging people to simply do what they feel safe doing in terms of contact with others and we're trying not to uh pressure anyone to shake hands or anything like that. A simple symbol of that is I'm now greeting people after the service about 20 feet from the front door rather than right at it so that there's no pressure to shake my hand or to crowd up with others. Uh, We are um, at the passing of the peace saying make whatever motion you are comfortable making towards the people around you. And mm-hmm. yesterday, some people continued to give little hugs and things. Others waved to each other. So we're letting people decide that. And we're being very conscious of whatever it is the health authorities recommend in terms of receiving communion and following uh, their procedures. So mm-hmm. at this point, what that means is we're using our usual metalware, which mm-hmm. is very easily thoroughly cleansed between services and even the um, alcohol and the wine, the wiping of the chalice and all that sort of thing does a pretty good job of killing viruses. Um, so it's, um, and there's some, uh, some other things as well, but those are the highlights. Yeah. And again, we have two services, eight o'clock tends to have fewer people at. If you want to go to a service where you can sit all alone in a row, that would be the eight o'clock service. Yeah. Um, and we, of course, we, I guess, uh, if, if that's your intention, then spacing is seating is limited. If that's your goal, <laughs> well, because <laughs> we get 40 people deciding they want to do that. Then well, I don't know if we have 40, we might have, we might have 40 rows. We have 40 rows. Yeah. Yeah. So, that still work. You still, still have work. your own row. And if, if you really want to have your own thing, 
um, the service is broadcast throughout the building. So you could literally sit alone in the parish hall and yep. participate in the service there, and you'd be welcome to. Yeah. So we're trying to meet people where they are. And, um, of course, most of all, we're telling people, if you feel sick, don't come to church. Yeah. It's okay. God still loves you. Yeah. God God still loves you. We all miss you, but we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll catch you next time. Yes. And uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the the on uh, on YouTube HFEC videos. Uh, I was a little uh, it, technically it post it finished posting uh, this morning. Yes. Uh, because I, I was at uh, I, I was at Waycross this morning being a Monday morning. Monday morning. Yeah. Uh, uh, and. Uh, um, uh, it does take several hours to render and then upload, uh, uh, upload speeds aren't terribly, aren't terribly as fast as, uh, uh, as, as your download speed. So it does take a little while to upload mm-hmm. some eight gig yeah. <laughs> of memory, uh, to our YouTube channel, but it, it is up there. Uh, and I'll continue to kind of, uh, play and tweak with, uh, the, the sound settings to make sure like the, the. The better parts, you know, the full parts of the service are, are, are caught audio-wise. So mm-hmm. I've got a couple of ideas that will be implemented over the next couple of weeks that'll that'll help uh, increase we'll get that. Better and better at it. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, but yeah, it was posted at one a.m. Yeah. So yeah, that was right around when it would. Yeah, yeah. It was some twelve thirty or so. And that and the only reason I know is that I mean that's when I got the automatic email notification <laughs> that I read at six a.m. Right. <laughs> Better so. than me. <laughs> and my thought was, I hope Ben wasn't awake that whole time. No, no, no. <laughs> it was a definitely a set it and forget it kind Good. of. A, Good. It's going. I've done all I need to do to post it, so it's uh, just a yeah. matter of, of of time. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. So that was a uh, that was a uh, that was our, our our Corona discussion for mm-hmm. the week. Um, and uh, but uh, um, definitely uh, inc- want to provide opportunities to uh, to um, uh, for everybody to to listen or to watch or to participate however uh, uh, they see fit and and of course as well uh, the, the the sermon also if you're just more of an audio person yeah uh, yeah the sermon right. is on, on uh, as always on this podcast uh, mm-hmm. uh, channel every Sunday so um, with that let's move on to the word of the day yeah which uh, uh, I've chosen an, a, a, a Hebrew word Elohim Elohim Elohim. My Hebrews resting. <laughs> uh, a word for God. Yes. One of God's titles, so to speak. Um, is it the one that's primarily translated as Lord? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Then I'll just say it's one of the terms for God. Yes, it is. Uh, a Hebrew word that I found this part interesting. In the plural... Uh, will occasionally mean pagan gods, yeah. superhuman creatures, or earthly judges in the Old Testament, but the term usually refers to Israel's one god, Yahweh. Which so is the name we're not supposed to say. So right. You're well, which, is the, by lightning. which is the name that you're, you're not technically capable of saying. Right. Uh, um, uh, this is the English five. English English version that, that is pronounceable. Um, uh, although the word is plural, it typically appears with singular verbs uh, when the term refers to God. The use of the plural form may be explained as a plural of majesty rather than an indication of polytheism. Just to, so that well, yeah, so so that so that uh, that uh, um, it's not like a hypocrisy. The hypocrisy closed there on that one. It's like no, they're heresy. Not, heresy. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> The heresy, the coffee's not fully flowing yet. Um, 
But yeah, so just yeah. just in case you thought that was a you know open well, open ended uh, heresy, that's a well one of the things close that, the door right that I think the professors purposely talked about during the very earliest days of seminary classes to blow our minds was that in Genesis, uh, some of the earliest stories in Genesis, some of the earliest stories of biblical tradition, um, long before they were even written down, it it's plural in every sense. Uh-huh. And uh, even the pronouns around it, we should do this, we should do that. And so the way of explaining is, well, that's just the majesty of God. But there's also quite a few um, legitimate theories of this was when the Jewish people, our, you know, ourselves, couldn't even handle the idea of monotheism. That, right. w- that would have been just so nonsensical that God had to sort of ease into the self-revelation. By starting as okay, yeah, there are a bunch of us. Wink, wink. Uh, right, 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 right. And then honing. This part of me cares about your crops, and right. this part of me cares about. You yeah, know. Don't worry, all your bases are covered. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because it, 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 from a from a social aspect, that was that that was a that was not a a uh, an idea that had really reached right. people yet just and, and and if you think about it logistically when you're a when you're a, a group of I, sh- I wouldn't call us have called us primitive people at that point in time but more primitive than we are now in uh, theory <laughs> in theory uh uh that uh you know when you're equating it to like well we live in this group and this guy takes care of yeah. the camels and this lady takes care of all the, you know, the, the making of clothes. And that guy goes and gathers the firewood. I can't wrap my head around one yeah. God doing, you know, all of these it's things. It's common sense. It's that. common sense that it'd be divvied up in a, yeah. you know, in a societal way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So that does, that, that's kind of interesting. Um, well, let's jump into the reading, shall sure. we? Uh, so our first reading today is Exodus 17, 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Repetidim, which I totally butchered, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why do you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you. On the rock of Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Um, So just uh, just a few quick clarifications. Massa and Meribah means testing and quarreling, or Mm -hmm. a version of those two words. Right, which is typical of um, the naming... How places were named right in this part of the right. Bible. Uh, a lot of parents out there are like, "Oh, oh, those, I want that name." Those names, <laughs> those names sound good for my two kids. <laughs> maybe, maybe as a nickname, <laughs> as a nickname, Masa Maribas, stop it! <laughs> right, <laughs> Daddy's got a headache. Um, uh, anyways, uh, so the um, but uh, this and, and staying on the children theme, this really does like 
any parent out there will find some similarities here and really feel for oh, Moses. Yeah. This is like what the Israelite people are doing is exactly what uh, like a you know a kid at Naaman age right. uh, would probably you know has done to their parents. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Go get your own water. You've got two feet, two hands. Go get it. Or you know, we're 30 feet out of the driveway. Why didn't you get a drink before we left? Exactly. Uh, and uh, um, so I believe uh, all of us in unison with Moses have cried out to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> what shall I do with these people? And um, we have all been the people. And we've all been the people. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh and then, uh, uh, but I did have a question as we just start there in verse one, uh, you, you don't get a sense of it, uh, listening to it being read aloud, but uh, from the wilderness of sin with a capital S, um, uh, why is it called the wilderness of sin? I have a hunch, but I want to see if there's a, if I'm, if I'm correct as on that. As far as I know, there's not a particular symbolic name for it. I think it's almost a, a Hebrew coincidence, but. I've not looked that up for okay. recently, so um, look it up. There you go. <laughs> I, I had, I, I had completely concede. <laughs> I had thought that perhaps this is obviously after they've uh, they've left uh, Egypt, mm -hmm. um, but this is also after they had committed, like they they made the golden calf. Oh, they've they, done all sorts of things, and they've yeah. done all sorts. So this is part of the forty years of wandering. Right, right, right. So very I, important. I, Figured that maybe that was like the symbolism is like the the giant wandering. It's the wilderness of forty years, and it's the wilderness of sin. Uh, he's getting out his phone. Yeah, to I'll, I'll tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I realize I shouldn't just say look it up. But we have the technology in front of us. We can rebuild it. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. How, how do you say that? Refidium. They can't. I think refidium? you got it right. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, there's a, um, yeah. It, okay. I was right. <laughs> you were right. There's no, no real, it does not refer to s sinfulness. Um, actually, and it's an untranslatable word has happened sometimes with Hebrew because <laughs> so somewhere, somewhere along the line, they were like, I don't know. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think they did it phonetically into English. Uh, okay. And the closest Hebrew word we have is moon. Which does not invoke the image of sin to me, so that's no. interesting. Hmm. Right, right. So those are, are coincidence. Huh. Um, there is a possibility that it refers to a pagan moon god whose territory it may have been. Oh, okay. But we don't know. Or the the fertile crescent of uh, I forget what that is from social studies. Uh, there's well, a fertile a little, crescent. No, because they're in the desert. Uh, that's true. <laughs> it's not the fertile area. So the desert part that abuts to the fertile crescent. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. uh, miles and miles <laughs> away, present, um, present day Iraq. Uh, the uh, um, it does it does and, seem, oh, and it's the Sinai Desert. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then and now, well, now <laughs> we call it that, which you may notice. Has sin in it. The, Sinai. Okay. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Interesting. Um, the it does seem like in verse two it escalates quickly. Do you think do you get the feeling like Moses kind of overreacts? They're like, give us water to drink. And he's like, why do you quarrel with me? <laughs> well, it wasn't so much a quarrel. We were just like, uh, we're thirsty, dude. And uh why, why do you test the Lord? And like uh 
Well, part of it is just before this is the we're hungry. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So now it's yeah. chapter sixteen, and like we're hungry, we're yeah. thirsty, and they, they got me. We're tired. <laughs> They really are. Are we there? Yet? They really are kids. Are we there yet? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is at this point frazzled. Gotcha. At, at least by the context of uh verse two here. Well, we're lucky that uh the 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 end result of of uh, all of this wandering, which is it, 40 years of wandering was like, I, I feel like the, the point of it was to, so that the one generation will die out and the, the next generation would That's one inherit it. I'm glad that isn't the, uh, the, the go-to for the, the car trip uh, these days. <laughs> if you guys don't quit it, I'm going to pull this car over and wait for you for the next generation. <laughs> My grandchildren are going to love this trip. <laughs> Which actually, <laughs> when you think about it, is often true. That's true. That, uh, you know, the kids say, ah, oh, you, you treat my kids better than you treat me. He said, no, they just like me better. <laughs> Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I do. What of it? They like the desert. You didn't. <laughs> um, anything else in here? I didn't, I, I don't know if I had. I, I did find it interesting that uh, he takes the staff, the same staff with him. So there's some some um, um, continued symbolism yeah. there. Uh, he's also told to take the elders with him so that it's like, uh, I guess, witnesses. Witnesses, uh, to... and there's also the growing sharing of authority. Oh, okay. So it's, it's the as Exodus, the journey of Exodus progresses, there's less and less focus on Moses as the sole conduit and of God, with God and mm. authority figure mm -hmm. because as you may remember Moses does not get to enter the Holy Land. Right. And so it's setting up, don't worry, there's still leadership. Gotcha. God still has representatives with the people as and, they enter the Holy Land. And and it, in a way it might be a good thing for Moses. Like next time you next time you are thirsty, you, well, yeah. don't ask me. Ask the ask one of the elders. Yep. Go talk to them. And that's <laughs> yeah, and in the Episcopal Church that's often one of the ordination readings, scripture readings for the complaining of the Israelites. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My goodness, I've never thought of it that way, but yes. As you are being ordained, let me teach you a little bit about complaining. For thousands of years, the congregation... Um, you are not alone. You will never be alone. The, and the, but the focus is God saying, yeah, Moses, you can't handle this alone, so let, I'm going to appoint the elders. Okay. And you'll, you no longer have to shoulder this with just you and Aaron. Cool. Uh, yeah, so there is that unfolding with an exodus that you don't get by these occasional readings on a Sunday. But if you were, again, sit down, read it through, it would be, oh, here it comes. Yep. Um, here comes the sharing of authority. Hmm. Um, and the other thing that, I'll, since you said you didn't have any further questions, uh -huh. note that um, Excuse me. when Moses cries out to God, it's not just these people are a pain. It's they're about to kill me. I mean, yeah. so... The the conflict was pretty harsh. Um, that the the people were okay, Moses, you're not doing enough, so we'll just kill you now. <laughs> we'll stone you because, or at least that's Moses's point of view. Oh, you're right. Was he a little? Over, could was, he have been a little overreacting? <laughs> Give us water to drink. Why are you yelling at me? Why are you testing God? Why are you trying to kill me? Whoa, you whoa, know? whoa. 
And that's quite just fun. asking if you've seen an oasis anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's wound a little tight at this point. I mean, let's. I mean, anyone would have been if you lo- yeah. follow the story of Moses. Uh, uh, like you'd be at wit's end, like two years ago, right? <laughs> if you were Moses, like so. So perhaps, perhaps, maybe. I concede your point. <laughs> yeah, and because not Mo- that that's a great coloring for the character well, of Moses, like Moses is drama a- queen. <laughs> <laughs> Moses, le- leader of the Israelites out of Egypt, and drama queen. Moses is a very complex, complex character, and yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's part of the dynamic that again we often miss because we have uh, often Moses. So raised up in our minds for in various ways that we forget that he was a human being uh-huh. and he had these frailties. And in fact, he's even introduced to um, the narrative as an adult as a murderer. Mm, yeah. Because uh, he killed an Egyptian. Yeah. So you know, he's very much a person who's thoroughly, thoroughly human. And yeah, so it's possible he was exaggerating to God to try to get a favor. And God, yeah. he argued back and forth. It's oh, fascinating sure. to sure, see sure, their sure. dialogues. Yeah, it, 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 I will have to go back now, though, and read the full of you know the fullness of his story. Yeah, looking to see if there's a little bit of a drama, extra dramatization on his part. Because I'm already thinking of like when he comes down on the mountain and sees the gold. Well, yeah, cap. breaks the tablet. Fine. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't God give you those? Mm-mm. Yeah. I'll get another one. <laughs> Fine, I'll get Be another right one. Back. <laughs> Melt that thing down. Drink it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I love the Old Testament. Um, I do too. I mean, it's just, it's so human. It is. It is. Um, and, and it's where a lot of, you know, not that the Old New Testament doesn't have fantastic things that happen to yeah. it but the you know stories of old and the the extra layer of oral tradition mm-hmm. add a extra a little bit extra fantastic to it yeah um which is a lot of fun so um well let's uh let's move on to romans then let's move on to a Pauline actually oh, one more sorry. thing i'm just sorry paul <laughs> sorry paul not yet um it's interesting in the same story appears in the book of numbers oh and, I don't know if I knew that. Okay. Yeah. And the difference, one of the differences that the line where God says, you struck the Nile with that staff, strike the stone, uh, the that's omitted. And the theory is that numbers is a lot less magical. Mm. And you're talking about the special effects sort of thing. Just mm-hmm. remind me of that. Mm. That even there you can, in these very old texts, you can see the editors had different theological priorities. And in Numbers, there is much more an emphasis on let's have calm, traditional worship together, everyone behave, right, sort right. of thing. And so they didn't want any kind of magical special effects to distract the people. And so hmm. that was omitted from the Numbers telling of this story. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and numbers is kind of like the beginning of the signification of uh, of of uh, not so much the 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 removal of oral tradition, but it's more uh, moving into the written tradition. Yes, yes. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and the holiness codes. <clears throat> we do. We just get a lot more bland when we put it on paper. Yeah, <laughs> we kind of, well, it's kind of like 
we really want to be able to be quoted on that? Right, 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 right. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. They'll always read this one. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Thank Romans. You for that. Back to Paul. We're, we're ready for you, Paul. Romans 5, 1 through 11. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely now then, much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. <clears throat> um, that felt weaving to me, like the Pauline style. Yeah, yeah, um, it is. I'm trying to wrap my head. He, I like the, uh, I, I like the uh, um, cascading effect of um, um, his comment on suffering, mm -hmm. uh, because as one would be inclined to do, we like to avoid suffering. That's not our favorite right. thing. I mean, we're literally hardwired to walk away from pain. Right. And so uh, him pointing out that suffering produces endurance, mm -hmm. endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. So this is like, a, this is like the, the, the grandpa's version of like, just rub some dirt on it. It's good for you. <laughs> Your suffering's good for you. You'll learn something. <laughs> I, I think it's more than that. <laughs> well, of course it's more than that. I'm working my way into it. Right? Okay, Personally, okay. You're warming up. I'm warming up to it. <laughs> yeah, it because actually this is um, a countercultural thing mm -hmm. that, in terms of Greek and Roman audiences, not so much uh, Jewish audiences. Uh, that Paul is is writing here, that where within the Greek and Roman systems, theologically, if you were suffering, then you'd be in deep trouble in some ways because meant the gods were upset with you. That mm -hmm. um, you know, that if you're a good person, then you don't suffer, and so Paul has to produce this whole. <clears throat> Theology that is novel, that is brand new to some of his listeners, about no God's present even when you're you're suffering, and sometimes even more so than when times are good. Again, very countercultural, right. and arguably, I think that's still true today. Absolutely, I was just culture. gonna I was just gonna say that that we we still very much struggle with this. There's still yeah. a number of. Um, Christian theological mm -hmm. thought processes, uh, uh, groups, uh, even entire branches of uh, you know the Christianity the, of, of Christianity that more lean towards if something bad happens, 
there's a reason mm-hmm. and you're God, being punished. God did it to you. Uh, or it's very specifically designed to teach you this certain specific lesson of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, and and while I guess the way Paul writes this, the lat- that latter point isn't entirely disproven, that God's not trying to teach you something. But he, he ha- really words it as though, like, it, this is... This is just what life is. It's what life is, and there's still good that can come out of it. Yeah, and yeah, he he does not follow the opportunity to say God's doing this to make you stronger. Right. Instead, it's it's much more of a this is just what life does, and God is with you in it, but God's not doing it to you. And again, that that was a um, for Greeks and Romans that was. Pretty mind blowing, mm-hmm. because the again the theology was if things are going good, the gods like you. If things are going bad, the gods are messing with you. Right, and and, and, and sometimes yeah. mischievously, sometimes not because of you're a bad person, but they just want to mess with you. Right, exercise their god power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's there's a lot of there, there's a lot of uh, of written stories around gods where yeah. mischievous deeds are mm-hmm. fairly common. Like. Ah, Burnt this town to the ground because I wondered what it would look like. Right, silhouetted right. against the <laughs> yeah, sort of against a, the moonlight. The way huh. the way I think of it is, it in many ways Greek and Roman theology was like one big video game, a violent yeah. video game at that. Uh, it, it it later did get turned into one. There's, it, there, yeah. there's a there's a there's a fairly popular video game that is built around yeah. the, the 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 Greek gods. Um, I do also think it's interesting that he's pointing out um, the how special uh, uh, Christ's sacrifice is. Um, he pretty plainly sp- spells it out. Rarely will anyone die. It, they, uh, it, you could even uh, carry in the word even. Yeah. You know, rarely will anyone die, even for a righteous person, mm-hmm. even for somebody who has done good deeds and may you know you may a person might deem them worthy of living mm-hmm. uh, though perhaps a good person uh for a good person someone might actually dare to die um and yet christ died for all of us who he's maintaining we don't we we have not earned what we've been given oh you're or, stepping too far oh, is that not, is that not true because <laughs> uh, he says that uh, while while we were still sinners uh uh it wasn't so much that well, I, when I say earned, it's saying like uh, uh, this isn't something that that we deserve. That's better. Uh, that it's that it's a it is it is still a gracious act, yeah, and not something that like we as sinners are going around like, well, yeah, hurry up, you know, right? You know, I've been waiting for this for a hundred years. Let's mm-hmm. get let's, yeah, I earned this. Yeah. Let's go, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. the, the what. Paul is so hard not to read with the cultural Christianity of earning salvation. Mm-hmm. And and Paul over and over says, no, you don't earn salvation. You, it's a graceful gift from God. Right. And so one of the ways to self-correct our um, presumption is to remember that sinner doesn't mean someone who does a bad thing. It means someone who is not reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. It's it's a relational word rather than a behavioral behavioral all, all, all word. Gotcha. So 
Christ is not dying for people who do bad things. Christ dies for people who just don't care about God. Mm. And so it's a, and so that could be someone who does good things, mm -hmm. but doesn't care for about God one way or another. May not believe in God, may not think God exists, and still Jesus was willing to to die for that person for everyone. So it's it's a different dynamic than what are again culturally we're sort of programmed to to read into this. Does uh, do you think Paul kind of uh, uh, runs the risk then though of a uh, of let's call them the self-righteous, uh, uh, people listening to that and going, oh, well, I'm reconciled. With Job you. done. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't die for me then. And like, you know, I didn't need it. I was already right. <laughs> pure enough. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that we're taking care of all those, all, all those, uh, those people, people who, out there who didn't have, yeah, all those others. Uh, and, uh, um, of course, I guess what, that's what about 60% of the other uh, Christ's parables are for. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and um, that's why this is a transitional par uh, paragraph mm -hmm. and, or mm -hmm. two paragraphs uh, within the letter of Romans. And so, again, if we kept reading, we'd see how he addresses that by saying, and we all need reconciliation to God. Right. We're all not as perfect None of us, as we think we are. Right. None of us should walk around with a sense of self-righteousness that God and uh, particularly God in Christ is the only one who can be described as righteous. Right. So, yeah, it's one of these things where if we read the entire thing, okay, the entire letter, that's okay, that's part of the argument. But just grabbing uh, 11 verses doesn't have the entire argument. Got it. Uh, another another example of uh, of of uh, got to read the, it all. The, the, the downside of chopping up a, a, mm -hmm. a, a, into a digestible bites the uh, the, the 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 readings. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to point out on this one? I'm trying to think. Yes, just one thing in verse nine. It says, um, "We'll be saved through him from the wrath of God." Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't in the Greek. It doesn't say of God. Oh, it just says it's from the wrath. From the wrath, and so if that's what your Bible says, that's more accurate. Huh. And so there's a possibility that we're supposed to read back into the part from verse three about suffering and endurance and hope, and see the wrath as just the consequence of life rather than a punishment action by God. That's a very interesting... That, that in a way, that very drastically changes this it reading. It can. Um, because uh, when you say the wrath of God, that more puts the puts us back into the Old Testament fire and brimstone. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, punish heavy yeah. <coughs> uh, style of... of this uh, mighty. Uh, yes, exactly. And... and if his point is a lot more of like, look, these things happen, wrath is just, you know, something that exists here on earth. Yeah, which we certainly know is true still. Yeah. Uh, you know, the wrath of a firestorm or a tornado or hail or... Psychopath, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's lost their mind, mm -hmm. and, uh, a drought, uh, yeah. you know, flooding... Uh, viruses, viruses, yeah, <laughs> to come full circle. Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting though, because that really does that that additive 
like kind of tweaks it because as it you point as you point out like it's he's kind of running down this path of like bad things happen that's okay God still lo- is with us <laughs> God God's... still loves you uh, but uh, 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 by the way he does still have wrath right <laughs> wait a minute yeah it's, it's... <laughs> I thought you were leading us down this path and rip mm-hmm. back so that uh, that's interesting that we've added that back yeah English translators have not been comfortable. For hundreds of years, not having that in there. So it's gotten added into English translations. And people, you know, booksellers are not comfortable not having that in there sometimes. And so it pops up again and again and again. There are translations, though, that refuse to put it in there since it wasn't there in the Greek, in the oldest texts. Hmm. Yeah. We're the worst. Something to think We're the worst. Sometimes. <laughs> Humans, what you going to do? Right. Like I get hemming, man, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I won't go into that diatribe. Anyways, uh, let's well, let's move yeah. on to John because yeah. it is a lengthy, yes, lengthy it's, topic. Take three uh, breaths before you start. God bless, uh, God bless all our priests or deacons or whoever it is that's reading this gospel. Yeah. Uh, may their legs not fall asleep standing up. <laughs> shift your weight off. Uh, yes, <laughs> shift shift weight because <clears throat> it's a long one. Uh, so John four five through 42 so 30 what is that 38 verses 30 yeah 38 verses because it says minus the subtract the two plus one okay um so he came to a samaritan city called sychar near the plot of ground that jacob had given to his son joseph jacob's well was there and jesus tired out by his journey was sitting by the well it was about noon a samaritan woman came to draw water and jesus said to her give me a drink His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, so that I may never be thirsty, or have to come or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you have have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say that the place where the people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, 
They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest. But oh, do you not say, Four months more, then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and you see and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you do not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you have said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Um, <clears throat> I'm struck by a couple of things as I read that. Just two? <laughs> yep, two, and that's it. Um, uh, one, obviously, uh, give me water, give me something to drink, parallel to the Old Testament uh, yep. reading. Uh, so that's, that's interesting. Uh, it definitely does do... Um, the work of restating the split between the Jews and the Samaritans. Right. Um, but it also uh, uh, is a humanizing story in that it 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 doesn't it 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 go it does not color them as different. It just points out how they expect that they're supposed to be treated differently. And yeah. It kind of knocks down that wall, and you know. This woman receiving a story, going and telling others, and they come to believe, is very common through the rest of the gospel readings for all the other cities that Jesus goes to, whether they're sort Jews or, or or Samaritans. But there's there's there, stories there on both others. sides. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, and and it it the reaction to his story is not uncommon, uh, and is not like solely like oh this is how the Samaritans acted or, or reacted. Mm -hmm. And it's wholly different from the way right, Jews right, reacted. Right. They they were reacting the same way. Um, but also, uh, I'm struck with uh, uh, struck by how we all know the the uh, um, crucifixion story, and when he gets brought before Pilate and asked, being about uh, the Messiah, um, he doesn't directly answer them, mm -hmm. and yet for this woman. It's like, because no one's around. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> it doesn't do the other thing that sometimes in gospel readings happens, which is, shh, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, yeah, that's me. I'm the, I'm that one. I'm that. It very plainly, no question about it. Like, Well, it, and in John, there is there is a greater comfort. Um, oh, is that common in his? Yeah, that... He didn't deflect as much, and in, in... it's yeah that Pilate is is more willing to recognize even Jesus as the Messiah, mm -hmm. though he doesn't not with a the theological piece so much. Um, 
And yeah, so and that's kind of the, the Johannine theme mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is, yeah, Jesus the Messiah from start to finish. Whereas in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, there's no, no one understands this until the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's two different emphases. And part of the, the joy of being a Christian is getting to hold those intention. Right. And I think that there, and I'm not the only one to think this, that the reason it's like that is because at times we as individual Christians will walk through life saying, yeah, Jesus is our Messiah. And other times like, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Until we have some kind of epiphany, like in the case of the scriptures, the resurrection of Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think it's supposed to model a typical human life and a typical faith journey of a Christian. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Now let me ask you this question because uh, uh, I've been, I've been thinking about it uh, since I read it here. Um, This there's a number of uh, gospel stories, and I think at least two of them do appear in John, um, where there's a misunderstanding about what Jesus is saying. And it's it's in terminology that other people would have in everyday life, but Jesus is talking about something eternal, and they're talking about something physical that they Mm -hmm. they understand. They take it very literally. Right. So in this this story's instance, it's water, the Mm -hmm. drink in the water. I believe Nicodemus is also in in John, and that's about birth and rebirth, uh, which is like, wait, how does that work? How does that happen? And there's a climb back into the womb, Uh, right? Right. (laughs) No, Nicodemus, Um, you don't have to climb back in the womb. And I forget which which gospel it is that talks about where I'm going. You cannot follow because the the disciples are thinking of a physical journey, and he's talking about this metaphorical journey to the cross that he's Mm -hmm. about to under. I shouldn't say metaphorical, uh, but you know this uh, this. Very difficult task Very ahead of him. Task ahead of him that kind of blends the, you know, the godly side and the mm-hmm. earthly side and does something a, a little supernatural there. Mm-hmm. And um, so why, why speak in this code though? I mean, why? Oh, okay. Like, like the they they very clearly, in in I, I think in most of the cases the people come away thoroughly confused <laughs> like it's not as well, though that like it's like fully resolved and unless the the intention is like oh after crucifixion and resurrection they go i wonder if that's what he was talking about yeah uh, um but like for this poor woman she go <laughs> i i don't i don't know what the, he knew about my four husbands so clearly you know there's something special about this guy but he was going on about water and <laughs> That's not how water works, <laughs> and I don't. I don't understand. The same I, thing I, with I'm Nicodemus. Just saying what he said. Right? <laughs> same thing with Nicodemus. Like he wanted me to like get born again. I don't know even how that would happen. <laughs> yeah. There, and yes, you're right. That there's the dimension in every gospel that nothing makes sense until you get to the resurrection. And even then, it's step back and rethink. Mm. The, and from the Gospel of Luke, there's. It's quite explicitly talked about in the Road to Emmaus story, one of the primary resurrection appearances in the mm-hmm. Gospel of Luke, where they're the people who were disciples of Jesus walking along the road, the resurrected Jesus appears, and they don't even understand who he is then right. until the Eucharist, right. that, that Jesus breaks the bread with them. And then it's like, oh! And so for Luke, he even takes it further, that mm-hmm. we really don't get it until... We are part of the Eucharistic community. 
so yes, it's they're almost getting it, mm-hmm. not completely. Right. Do you think that's a stylistic choice of the author, or do you think that like you know it, it because it occurs in enough of the right the gospels? Uh, is this something that like was... I think it is what Jesus actually experienced of the people around him. Okay. And, and, and partially cre- done... creating the chance for a revelation, like because he could have he could have spelled it out well, a little bit comes... more directly. Well, in John, it's it's more metaphorical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, throughout the Gospels, it almost doesn't matter how. That's true. Matter what so, they some of the other what... gospel stories are a little bit more like this is because of this, and the disciples are like, "I don't get it." Right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Will this be on the I final? <laughs> I don't know how else to explain this to you. Yeah. Maybe it'll make sense later. But like in these verses, it's kind of like you—you <laughs> you could have been a little bit more clear. Like this woman's not dumb. Uh, yeah, John's you know. more written. I—I I would concede John's more written for the reader post-resurrection who mm-hmm. can see the foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, in this story. The waters of baptism, yeah. Um, but my, yeah, but again, it, it's such a universal occurrence through all four gospels. I really do think that's a um, accurate historical recreation or depiction mm-hmm. of how people experience Jesus. So, wow, he's a really nice guy. Wow, he's amazing. Wow, he feeds us all we want. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> let, let, let's go back to going to the Greek theater next week. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess, I, I guess, uh, um, to be fair to the authors, uh, there, you do want some of that, that separation between, um, if this, if this character is your Christ Messiah figure, he should exist on another level from like, it does kind of help. <laughs> it does kind of help elevate, uh, uh, the narrative, the, the, the narrative of like, he's, he's speaking about, this, you know, 30,000 foot view kind of thing. And we're just lost in the weeds. Well, and I think again, that's how we should, that that's one of those tools with which we can evaluate our own lives mm-hmm. of, are we really more worried about that? We were stuck in traffic this morning, or are we more worried about how are the poor doing? Right. And, and what structural changes do we need to make about racism and on and on and on. Um, because, we so often are stuck in our own heads and the gospels mm-hmm. over and over tell us to get out of that. Yeah. Um, anything else uh, about this? I think the, the only other thing I was going to say, but then I, you know, it kind of resolves itself as you think about it a little bit more, uh, a little harsh there with the, you know, like, yeah, you don't have a husband. You've had four. <laughs> and the guy you're with now doesn't, ha- isn't your you're husband at married. all. <laughs> and, and, you know, at first it's like, whoa, a little harsh there. Like, you read a little bit of judgment in there, but I don't think that that's necessarily actually there. Right. It, it like as you read on in the verse, you're like, oh, this is to establish. He says this to establish, like, I'm not just like, you know, any dude, any dude. When I tell you, like, I'm the Messiah, like, yeah. Here, here's another clue. Yeah. I remember that one time when you were four and you stepped on a bug and then. <laughs> You know, yeah, I saw that this happened, or yeah. you know, such, such such like holy crap. Uh, all right, well then you are clearly uh, not just a dude hanging out by the well talking yeah. about weird water. Well, and the and another interesting thing is that part of the um, Hebrew scriptures have and was common culturally as well uh, 
men meeting their future brides at the well. Oh. And so, frankly, it was natural for Jesus to talk about marriage at this moment. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Let's, let's back up real quick on that. Uh, that was, uh, like, was... A culturally traditional thing, like you'll meet your man by the well, and it's like not so is that much where you go that's to like... automatic, but it's that was one of the acceptable places to talk with a single woman, for a single man and a single woman to follow oh, the okay. conversation. Okay, to do that at a well, not so cool in a field or walking down the road unsupervised. Okay, but here you're in the middle of the public square, everyone's coming and going, so yeah, you can strike up a conversation, and so that's often how people dated. Mm. And so it was natural for him both to talk about that. And that's one of the reasons why his disciples, when they appear in this story, are like, you're talking to a woman at the well. Are you dating now? <laughs> and she's like, that's not what this is about, doggone it. Right, right. That is, again, the disciples' misunderstanding. Is one of the other impli- possible implications, not clearly not written down here, though, but like, a, oh, Hello, Jesus. Yes, that Where is. You? Yeah. And Jesus, no, that's not what this conversation right. is about. This knowing you is not about right. that. Right, right. I don't think your four past husbands and current boyfriend uh, would care for that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, oh, crap. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's freeing the woman to have a more equal relationship with a man than right. the presumably unhealthy relationship she's been having. Hmm. So it's, it's it's a liberating story for the woman and for all humanity that we don't have to fall into the um, easy and yet destructive relationships that are so available to us again today as well. That's interesting, though. So so readers back then would have like heard this story of like, oh, and he went to a well and a woman came by. Oh, we know what's coming now. Uh oh. Can I buy you a drink? Right. Wait, living water? Wait, can I, what, what? Can I draw you a bucket? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so that's part of the transformation of the experience. That it, Those kind of things are, are very interesting, how uh, the, the as, as these things are written down, the original intended target audience has like this background of yeah. the, uh, just yet another way that the story of Jesus kind of subverts ex- expectation and that is kind of lost on us. Like we right. don't... Okay, he was at a well. Yeah. Well, who, deal. who wouldn't want to drink a water in the desert? Right, right. And a woman was there. Yeah. Okay. Here goes. <laughs> Next. Okay. Some, you... some place called Samaria. What's, what's the significance? What's the point, John? What's yeah. The point? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but that's that's interesting, though, that that, that there are those little things that, that are lost on us sometimes, yeah. and, and, and we kind of skip over. Yeah, and especially in the Gospel of John, which is so carefully composed, I'd say you take three verses, and there's... An important reference that's easy to overlook, hmm. uh, let alone almost an entire chapter like we have today. Yeah. Anything else? We better just we really bumped up for against now. You. <laughs> we are sorry for how long we've talked yeah. to each other. Thanks for listening to us enjoy each other's company. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, all right. Well, then uh, this was uh, this was your podcast for March fifteenth, twenty twenty. As stated before, uh, services at eight and ten. Hopefully we'll see you there. If not, uh, we have adult forum in between, mm-hmm. group in between. Uh, but uh, but if we don't see you this week, uh, you still have the chance and opportunity to uh, participate in worship uh, online. So uh, uh, well, hopefully take care of that. One other thing I sh- should have said is about um, coronavirus and all that stuff. We're praying like heck. Yeah. And yeah. so if we don't see you, and if we've never seen you, you're in yeah. our prayers. Be safe and yeah. take good care and 
and uh, and hopefully uh, at one point in time, maybe we will get a chance to see you. It'd be nice. Uh, and, but uh, until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.